I'm having to do the work. I'm having to go back to things that I thought I already conquered and go, where am I letting this creep back in? Where's something I didn't fully unlearn and unload? And let me really dig in those new lessons and, and implant them into the foundation of my life. And uh, and then get back to doing the the other work of like the little daily things that help you climb out. Um, so yeah, the ability to unlearn is every bit as important, if not more so, than your ability to learn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Community Good, the podcast that shares powerful lessons to help you navigate the life you want. I'm your host, Marnie Andes. In this episode, you'll hear from Shaylin Ford, Mrs. World 2022, who shares the challenge she faced most of her life and how unpacking it and continuing to ask questions to go deeper to really understand the issue helped her to heal the pain and led her to have one of the most fulfilling years of her life. And now, my conversation with Shaylin Ford. Thank you so much, Shaylin, for joining. It's just, it's great to uh, to connect with you again. We just met in April, so it's just kind of fun to to be able to visit again. I know. Thanks for having me. It, it really was great. That was actually my first time ever out in Colorado. I loved it. Yeah. It, well, it was fun because I feel like I got to have a ton of your time because we got to be back in the the dressing room, just sort of hanging out and swapping stories and having oh. fun. So, and the audience knows your background, that you are the current Mrs. World. And we were very, very honored to have you out in Colorado because that's a pretty big deal when you come out to Mrs. Colorado pageant and then you show up and you're like, Mrs. World is here this year? What the heck? No, I, I, I don't think that's that big of a deal. It was a lot more exciting for me, honestly, to get to be with you because you are such a deep well of a human being. Like you have so much wisdom, you just your life story, everything. I was so intrigued. I came home and was kind of like girl crush gushing to my husband about you. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and make it awkward right off the bat and say that I was like super excited. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Hey, anytime girl crush, I'll take that. That's, that's awesome. So I'm just, it's exciting for me to have you as part of my podcast. Um, and I think most people, even though they have the background and they know what, probably why they're listening to this podcast, they're, they're thinking to themselves, you know, they're going to talk about the typical, what was her journey to Mrs. World? And we'll get into a few things, but I actually want to start right off the bat with what made it different for you? Because I think when people think about whether someone's listening right now, thinking about competing in a pageant or somebody's just saying like, I'm a competitor. I like to go after stuff. I want to hear what was it for you personally? How did you prepare? What's the mindset for you to even be able to achieve something like Mrs. World? Yeah, I, I think honestly, the most important piece that was different this time was coming from a place of being healed, being a more healed whole person. And I know that's kind of not like the, maybe the sexy answer of like, this was my regimen and whatever. But, but that's the reality. That's what was different um, when it came to any kind of training that I did or it, that really wasn't that different. Um, aside from some of the physical stuff, I, I worked with a trainer for the first time and um, shout out to Melinda, Melinda Inks for like changing my life and my relationship to food. She was great. But even that honestly was was more of a journey of healing. Uh, I had dealt with some eating disorders before and, and just never really having a super healthy relationship to food. And so 
her helping me heal that was a part of my healing as well. But overall, being a more emotionally whole, healthy person was the different piece. I'm a very different person now than I was um, when I competed for Mrs. America back in 2014, uh, when I competed for the Miss USA system when I was 2004. Um, and in a big, big life-changing piece was just digging down into some of the things that are uncomfortable, digging through it, you know, pushing past that pain and trying to unearth what's gold here, what's important, what do I need to, you know, what do I need to sort out? What do I need to chuck and get rid of and stop carrying around with me? Um, what lies do I need to untangle about myself? And so going into that with such a healthy, clear mind and truly being, in, I think, in the best place that I've ever been uh, in that sense, relationally healthy as well. You know, my, my marriage was at a great place, my relationship with other people, uh, that puts you in a different headspace and you show up different. And, and so I would say that was the singular reason, like nothing else even comes close. Well, I don't even, well, first of all, there is a ton of stuff to unpack there, which I'm hoping we can do that as part of this. So you might hear that and think, well, okay, so she's, She's talking from a place where she's competing in a married pageant. So this must be for when someone sort of gets that part of that wisdom where I have to be healed. I have to sort of be my true self. But I think this lesson is for like to be able to bundle up this and share it with younger people who are thinking about doing something like this or competing I mean, that is huge. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, you've never told me that, what you just said. Mm-hmm. And yet when I watch the competition hindsight, you can see it. Mm-hmm. Like you can see it on you, from you. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess as you shared, was it the eating part that was part of the healing process? I mean, whatever, what else were you having to heal for you to feel so good as that, at that competition? Yeah, that honestly, that was a, a pretty small piece, um, valuable for sure, but but a much smaller piece as far as a holistic healing. Uh, the biggest pieces for me were untangling some lies and belief systems about myself, uh, in my faith, and my relationship to other people, my worth, those types of things. Um, for example, uh, I'm, I'm actually glad that I I got to spend the day with my dad earlier today, because this is a big part of this conversation. Um, My parents got married because they found out they were pregnant with me. They did not know each other well. Uh, My dad was in a band. My mom shows up to a concert. Ta-da! And so uh, they, you know, really tried to make it work, stayed, stayed together for a long time. Actually, I have three younger siblings. Eventually, things just unraveled, you know, because they were two people at two very different places. And, um, I have carried around, uh, a lot of guilt my whole life feeling like I have been almost a punishment for other people or, or a consequence or, or some sort of like negative repercussion. So for example, um, if my siblings were going through a tough time in life, um, you know, my, my one brother has been very honest about his journey and and actually being suicidal at one point, I felt guilty. I felt responsible for that because he wouldn't be here if I hadn't been here first. When my dad, uh, 
I think was having, you know, kind of a hard time coming through this divorce. I, I looked back at his life and everything that he gave up for us. He walked away from his musical career to find something more stable to take care of us. And so I felt guilty for that too. I'm like, I'm the reason my dad didn't get to fulfill his dreams. I'm the reason that these other people were born and every struggle they have is my fault. And I, I just internalized all of this. And some of it was subconscious and some of it was conscious. Um, and so I had to finally get to a point where I started unraveling some of that, untangling it. And I actually went to my dad and I apologized <laughs> and I started bawling and I just like poured all this out because I had never said this to him before. And it ended up being the singular most healing conversation of my life because he he said, Shailen, you are not a consequence. You are the biggest blessing in my life. He said, you, you might have saved my life. You know, when when I was in music and in that scene, like the, all the drugs and, you know, all the different things that are on that scene, he's like, you don't know how my life would have ended up and what I would have gotten sucked into and the things that I would have been doing that because of you, I went and lived a completely different lifestyle. And, you know, my siblings are all just these amazing people. My my brother Landon is a rock star and like actual, literal, that's his job, is <laughs> a rock star, um, you know, with tons of followers and people that just really look up to him and respect him. And his music has contributed so much to the world. And my brother Micah is a philosopher, like a published <laughs> philosopher. My sister's a YouTuber with millions of followers and like is such an inspiring per person. And he's like, they're, if anything, think about that, that they're here because you're here. And, and he completely flipped the script for me. Uh, so things like that, right? Things like having those deep work conversations and um, untangling the way that I felt like God sought me or the way that I viewed God. Um, I know not everyone is a person of faith, but like I grew up in church. I'm a pastor's wife. That's a big piece of my life. And but I always kind of felt like God was waiting to like drop the other shoe on me because I, I just was never good enough. And so when you're operating from that place of trying to prove your worth instead of just operating out of inherent worth, it right? Like you, you show up as a completely different human being. And so that's the type of journey when I say like a, a place of healing, those are the types of pieces that I had to sit and really suss out within myself to get to a place where I could just show up like win, lose or draw. I'm just standing in my own worth and feeling good and enjoying this journey. You know, even as you were sharing that, I'm thinking, you know, I've been working through things where I'm like, you know, why do I act that way? Or why does that keep showing up for me as an adult? And what does that mean potentially that maybe I learned as a child. And so I think there's probably a lot of people that are hearing that going, yeah, I have something, maybe it's similar to what you just shared. Maybe it's something different and kudos to your dad for being somebody that he, you could just talk to and share that and he could work through. I don't know that everybody necessarily has that, but it's certainly right. worth the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. What was it for you though, that was like the turning point where you started to identify that? Because I, I also argue that I think there's some people, unfortunately, that aren't even seeing it. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're not really seeing what it's doing or how it may be holding them back. What was it for you where you finally started to see, like, this is actually holding me back. I'm ide I've identified what it is. Ooh, that, that one's a little bit complicated. Uh, 
I think you have to just be intentional about looking for it. Number one, I think what you said is so true. A lot of times we don't just naturally see it. Um, sometimes it comes and smacks us in the face, but a lot of times it doesn't. So you have to first set the intention that I want to find out what's holding me back for the next level. Um, I think sometimes there's a tell, um, that, Hey, there is something. <laughs> so for me, I realized that every time something good happened in my life, I got anxious. I felt sick in the pit of my stomach. I, I was like, Oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen now. Like I couldn't enjoy good things. And I couldn't enjoy forward movement in my life. I couldn't enjoy hitting a milestone. Um, and I was like, man, that, that does not seem normal and right. And I don't think that's how it should be. So that for me was kind of my first aha moment of like, this is a journey I need to take. Um, I actually did a talk one time where I compared it kind of to digging for gold. And, um, it's like you dig the first level is just digging through soil and it's kind of easy. It's, it's the, you find the little surface things. And then there's this thick layer of rock that you have to start like carrying those out, right. P pulling that stuff out to be able to get to the gold that's deep underneath. And it's easy to get stuck at that level of rock because you're like, there's a lot more rock down here than I thought. And, and that's the part that sucks in the journey. You go, you start digging. You're like, I think it's just this one little thing holding me back. And then you move the soil aside and go, it's, it's like a rock bed. Oh God. <laughs> but you, once you start pulling each one of those things out, identifying them, chucking them, then you can get to the gold underneath that does take you to the next level. So I think for me, it was the first piece was having the intention of going, there is something holding me back. This isn't right. I shouldn't be nervous every time something good happens to me. That's not a healthy response. Um, so why, why do I feel that way? Well, because I think that I don't deserve good things. Okay. Well, why do I think I don't deserve good things? Right? Like keep going six wise deep. Um, why do I think I don't deserve good things? Because I think uh, I'm a consequence on other people's life. Well, why? Okay. Or I think that uh, God thinks I'm terrible and never good enough and I can never live up. Well, why do I think that about God? So then you start digging back into your childhood. Like you said, you, you keep going backwards, backwards, backwards until you go, aha, here's the root of it all. And now I can pull it out. I think that's the most important piece is just recognizing there's even something to look for. Oh, for sure. Ask yourself the question. What is mm -hmm. holding me back and being willing to dig into it? I mean, I love your analogy. Actually, I'll probably have to, to use that myself. It's, it's a great analogy because part of getting through that rock too, is the willingness to continue to dig through it. Yeah, you have to. And you know, the other piece too, that I think is really valuable is people think, well, I've already dug in this part of my life and I found all the gold. Nah, go back. Because you might find something the second time you go back, the third time you go back, the fourth time you go back, that there's more down there that holds value for you. And um, and that can be tough to do. You know, it feels good to feel like, oh, I put a bow on it. Like I figured out that season of my life and what I'm supposed to learn from it. Maybe, but maybe there's a lot more down there that's actually really good for you. And maybe there are some other sharp rocks in there that are still weighing you down and holding you back. Um you know, I, I definitely thought that I had already sorted out a lot of these things and it's like, no, there's still, there's still kind of a shadow hanging over you. And, and so be willing to go take a second, third, fourth look. 
I like the fact that you've shared that it's helped me see some of the things that I've, I too have been working through. They're not the, the same things, but it's kind of on the, maybe on a similar level. Mm-hmm. I started to realize maybe even a couple years ago that something that I battled with was, I don't even know if this is a term, but it's sort of like over and beyond modesty. I I came from a very simple childhood farmer, teacher, um, you know, grew up in a small little town. And I learned from basically my high school years that I needed to be modest. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be overly over the top showy about anything that I was achieving. And so I continue to take that into adulthood and always downplay things. So when I was Mrs. Colorado and then Mrs. America, I never traveled with my banner on. Yeah. Ever. And it wasn't because I wasn't proud of it. It was just, I don't want to wear my banner because I don't want somebody else to feel bad. I don't want somebody to think that I'm too showy. I don't want somebody to be, you know, so it was all these things that it's showing up now for mm-hmm. me. So to your point, like you got to keep digging. I'm still yes. having to keep digging. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be too much out there. Or are people going to think that I, all I care is about myself, but that's it. Right. Right. And so the digging into it, I think is super important. I think the other thing too, Jaylen, when I think about all of this is that there is almost like this myth that needs to be busted that when you see someone because I mean, even before we joined this call, I got to see a flash of your headshot, which I've seen before. But, you know, you see that and you're like, and then you hear the story that you just shared and you're thinking, how on earth would this person ever think anything negative about herself? And I think that's a, a myth, which I'm I'm got, I'm happy to bust with you here <laughs> in this podcast, yeah. to be perfectly honest. But I wonder, like, have you, as you've shared your story, and we're going to get into some other things here too, but as you've shared more of this, do you have people kind of looking at you like, I don't even know what to do with that because I would have sworn that you're like on top of the world, never having to dig through any of this. Yeah, a hundred percent. I have had a lot of people reach out to me. And what I think is great is that I think it sets a lot of people free when you break those stereotypes because you, you help break some chains for them too, some unhealthy beliefs. And so, yeah, a ton of people have reached out to me and said, I never would have thought, I never would have known. Um, especially when I started being really honest about my journey with depression and how deep that had gotten at times, uh, my inbox was just flooded. You know, people think that, Oh, because you have this certain accomplishment or because you look a certain way or because you have a certain lifestyle or it looks like, you know, you have this perfect marriage or whatever. People assume that everything in your life is just golden and we're all fighting a battle. Everybody's got something that they're going through. Um, this was some, this was a, an interesting revelation for me. We think about celebrities, right, who have all the money, all the looks, all the fame, whatever how many of those people do we lose to suicide, you know, to people taking their own lives? Um, if, if that was the answer to everything, just having enough money and being pretty and or handsome and, you know, ha- having fame and having success in your career, then that would be the antidote. And you would never see those people struggle. 
but they do just like everybody else, because honestly, that can even be isolating sometimes. Um, so this idea, I, I love that you said busting a myth because that's a hundred percent what it is. This idea that because someone has had a certain level of success or comes from a certain background or whatever it is that their problems are just erased or that they don't experience the range of human emotions and experiences like everyone else is just bananas. It's just not true. Yes. And I think about flipping that, which is, I think sometimes people can look at the achievement, whether you win a state title or you're Mrs. America or you're Mrs. American or you're Mrs. World, and they might look at it and go, if I can just have that, like yeah. that is what's going to make me happy or that's what's going to finally be the reason why I can talk about these things or that's... and. I think that's a huge myth that needs to be busted because that, that that's net, you get that happiness for that moment. And yes, you get these really cool experiences, right? But that is not yeah. the happiness peak by any uh, means. You're, you're so right. I mean, you, you have an endorphin hit. Sure. <laughs> and like you said, you get to do some cool things, but, but there's also a new set of responsibilities and expectations that comes with it. Uh, what's the saying, wherever you go, there you are, right? Like <laughs> until, until you solve the, your internal stuff, it does not matter what kind of external achievement you have or how other people view you. You're still going to be you in that scenario. And so until you get that personal healing and, and find that for yourself, your own peace, uh, you're going to take whatever bag of garbage you've got slung over your shoulder with you everywhere you go. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and I want to dig into this because you've already shared it, that you, you know, you have, you've had a journey with depression as well. And I, mm -hmm. I do not um, think that anyone's journey by any means is the same. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to talk about it, share a little bit about your navigation of that. Mm -hmm. Where are you at in that now? And, and, and just, I think share with the audience. I think that's part of a myth busting exercise too, which is just, again, it might look a certain way on the outside, but you've had some struggles with this and I just love for you to share more. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I have dealt with off and on throughout my entire life. You know, sometimes it's, uh, barely a cloud in the sky and then other times it's deep and oppressive hanging overhead. Um, I think I really started noticing it more in my teen years. I, I had a big health scare um, when I was in middle school uh, that they actually thought I had leukemia. Uh, I definitely was very sick at the time. Um, it ended up being something super treatable. But uh, going through that period of thinking I am probably going to die soon, I think really changed me, uh, my mentality and um made me view things maybe through a little darker lens in general. So it, it probably didn't help what was already there. Um, it is something that runs in families. You know, we don't fully understand all of that genetic link, but that is something that's been an issue uh, for other family members that I've had over the years. Um, so most of the time I've been able to just kind of navigate it myself and get through a dark period. But the the pandemic kind of tipped the apple cart for me. <laughs> um, that, that really made it bad. Um, I have three kids. Uh, my two younger kids are both on the autism spectrum. My middle son is actually fairly severe. And so 
I went from, I mean, I, I just stopped changing diapers. They're 11 and seven. I just stopped changing diapers like a year and a half ago. So, uh, it was 12 straight years, you know, it's, it's been, it's been this long journey. Um, so that's my everyday life is still kind of intense in that way. Um, and I went from having the break of like, okay, oh my gosh, yes, all three of my kids are finally in school, at least part of the day, you know, youngest ones in preschool, like I can do this. I felt like I saw the shore <laughs> and then the pandemic hit and I was like, they're home with me all the time, 24 hours a day. We're all stuck in the house. Um, now, not only am I mom, I'm also a school teacher. Uh, I'm trying to do all of this paperwork so that they don't lose like state support for certain things whenever they do finally be able to go back to school. Like it was just, um, it was, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. I was already kind of struggling. And then this being feeling stuck, like now I'm trying to swim while I'm holding three kids. <laughs> it's like what pushed me over the edge. Um, and then we've just had a super eventful couple of years even since then. And so I was just tanking like really hard and fast more than I ever had in the past. And it, it got to a point where I was, it, I think it's a little bit like boil the frog where maybe you don't recognize how bad it's getting until all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh, like I, I don't want to be alive. That, that's not good. Um, and I had always tried to fight it myself in the past too. I had never really involved anyone else. So this was the first time that I had ever actually reached out and it was very hard for me. I was very ashamed um, because I felt like I should be able to handle it myself. But I reached out to my husband and I was very honest with him and said, I, I wouldn't call myself actively suicidal at this point. Um, but I, I do wake up every day struggling, like disappointed that I woke up and, and, it, and emotional over that and struggling all throughout the day of wishing I didn't have to do the next minute because it's Every five minutes, it's like, take this deep breath and go, just do five more minutes. Like, I try to be alive five more minutes. That, that's how it felt at one point, which I don't know, uh, you know, maybe to some people that sounds really extreme. Maybe other people it resonates, but that's where I was. Um, obviously, he was pretty alarmed by that. Um, and so he really came alongside me. I started, uh, I talked to my doctor, I started taking medication. That's not for everybody, but it was the right thing for me. Um, I started working with my health coach to take different supplements and things to help support my body better. Um, and then just started digging in and doing a lot of that mental and emotional healing, started talking to a counselor, started doing some of that deep work to heal the wounds. Um, and so that that's how it's it's crazy to see how I went from the lowest low up to, you know, then like a year later, this high point of my life. Um, so I hope that's encouraging to people that you can crawl back out. Right. It feels like this hole, this quicksand that you will never get out of. I promise you, you can. You always, always can. Um, but sometimes it it's going to take some really intentional work on your part. Um, to get there. And it's going to take some vulnerability that's maybe kind of scary. For you to share that, again, is why I just connected, I think, in such a really meaningful way when we met in the spring, because it was like, here is this person, but just here is this real person who you can just yeah. tell the minute you're talking to them, that's who they are. And people do need to hear that. I think a couple of things that came out of even just what you shared, the willingness 
to say something's not right to someone in your life. And then I think about like your husband, the willingness to hear you say that and go, that's not okay. And, and let's do something. Let's, how can I support you? Let's figure out. Because I think, you know, all of us, whether, whether you're someone who's thinking, I felt that same way as Shaylin, or you're someone who's like, maybe I have somebody in my life that I need to take seriously yeah. that they're going through this. Yeah. I, I think what you referred to earlier about the myth of, you know, this person is so successful. So how could they be in such a dark place? I think that sometimes people see if you continue to achieve in your day-to-day life and you can get stuff done, it doesn't look like the picture of mental health struggles that we've all been given of like, this person didn't get out of bed. They didn't brush their teeth. They didn't whatever. It's like, no, this person's still going out and, and taking care of business every day. They should, they must be fine. And the reality is sometimes people can hold it together in that way until all of a sudden they can't and then they're gone, you know? And and I think, unfortunately, we've seen that um, even with people within the pageant community, like when we lost uh, Miss USA Chesley Christ a couple years ago, you know, you're talking about this woman is a practicing lawyer. She was a like national track athlete, an accomplished pianist. And then she wins Miss USA. Like she was doing all the things. She was an e-correspondent. And then one day it was like, I I cannot keep holding it all together. So please don't assume if you haven't struggled with it before, please don't assume that the people who continue to produce on a day-to-day basis are okay. If they do give you some, uh, you know, inclination that something is not right. If they say something to you or you're picking up on a clue, please pursue it because you could be that thread, that difference between life and death. Um, I will tell you the greatest thing that my husband did for me was also the simplest. Um, Obviously, like I said, he encouraged me to go to my doctor and those kind of things. That was huge. But he asked me, what is something I can do to be in support of you? Because he's never dealt with this and he didn't know what to do. And I said, could you just remind me at the end of every day, like think of something to remind me of, of why I'm still here, you know, or, or, um, just that you're grateful that we made it through another day. I I don't know. I didn't even know exactly what to ask for. And so he never, for months after that, he never missed a day. It still makes me emotional every time I say it, because it, it, I will never be able to fully express how powerful this was for me, but it was so simple. We would be laying in bed at night and he would reach over and squeeze my hand and say, thank you so much for sticking around for another day. And that, like, it gave me so much hope that I could keep going. I didn't feel alone. It's like, I I think people underestimate the power of their presence and, and the power of just small expressions of support. So I just want to encourage anybody who's in the position that my husband was in. Don't think that what you do doesn't matter. It's the most powerful thing. It, it is why I'm still here. <laughs> I right. mean, truly, it, him doing that every day gave me the courage to keep going the next day and the next day and the next day. And then I felt braver and stronger and supported. And I was able to start working my way out. So no gesture is too small. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally can't even say it like every time it makes me start tearing up because it it was just one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced. 
What what you said too, I mean, the simplicity of it, the just, you know, grabbing your hand, being so grateful for you. I mean, those are the little things that, that any, anyone can do for someone else. So I, to your point, you know, don't, don't assume anything, reach out to your people, ask questions, see what they need from a support standpoint. I think that's huge. Yeah. And it, it does not necessarily take a Herculean effort on your part um, to do something that is that powerful, world changing. Powerful. Yep. Well, I think you've been incredibly influential uh, during your time as Mrs. World. I, I really think you brought to a title like that, this sense of authenticity of being real. I, you know, I wish for people that more people could meet you and not just see you on social media. Like I've had the experience of meeting because, you know, it's just a real conversation, but I think behind all of it too, the power that you, you have these stories, have you had struggles? Yep. And we all have struggles and there's a relatable person behind all of that. So, I mean, just kudos to you for doing that. Cause I don't, I don't know that I've always seen that necessarily in title holders. And I think that's a huge win. I mean, that really is a huge win, maybe not even necessarily for you personally, but it is a huge win in the community, but that's been following you all year. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And to me, honest, honest to God, that is the biggest win that, that I'm thrilled that you feel that way because that was what I wanted. I, I went into this and I, I told my husband, I, I don't want this just for a feather in the cap. I, I want to be able to do something of value with it. And I think kind of breaking down that wall of the veneer, right, of what people think and what people see and just going, no, we're all real people. <laughs> we all have stuff. Um and you can, you know, be wiping butts one minute and be, you know, walking around in your crown and banner <laughs> and they're both equally you. <laughs> like That's, you know, you can have a breakdown and then wash your face and put on some mascara and that's both equally you too. Um, so just breaking down that wall where people realize maybe a, a fuller, more all encompassing understanding of, of who other people are as a human instead of the way we reduce people to being one or two dimensional. There is someone behind that picture. There is a human yeah. being behind that video, whatever that might be. So I, I ask all my guests this Shaylin at the end of each show, which is what is a life lesson that has personally impacted you regardless of when you've learned it and you think might benefit the listeners. Uh, actually, I think you and I talked about this a little bit, uh, when I was there before, and it's that the ability to unlearn is every bit as important, if not more so than the ability to learn something. And that will, that will be the key to whether or not you have success. Um, I've had to unlearn a ton. (laughs) I'm still unlearning things. When I, when I talk about having to go back to something three or four times, uh, it, full transparency, I've in the past couple months kind of dealt with a random dip again of depression. I'm like, where did you come from? I thought I was good. Um, and so I'm having to do the work. I'm having to go back to things that I thought I already conquered and go, where am I letting this creep back in? Where's something I didn't fully unlearn and unload? And let me really dig in those new lessons and, and implant them into the foundation of my life. 
and uh, and then get back to doing the the other work of like the little daily things that help you climb out, you know. Um, so yeah, the ability to unlearn is every bit as important, if not more so, than your ability to learn. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. I love hearing that again too, because that is a huge piece of it. And I think we even touched on it as part of this. So I know that your, your reign of Mrs. World is, is coming to a close, but if people would like to connect with you or are there other things that you have coming up that you would love to share with the audience? I just love to give you an opportunity to do that now. Yeah. Um, you are welcome to go follow me on Instagram. It's Shaylin S Ford. I don't know what happened to the original account. So there's gotta be my middle initial in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we, uh, my husband and I uh, have been working on a book this last year, and so we're hoping that that's something that we can um, release soon. It will be called The Secret Sauce, and it's about dealing with uh, conflict in relationships of all kinds and how we can have healthy conflict. And um, there are a couple other things that are still kind of in the works as far as maybe uh, a TV show of some kind or uh, a podcast where we're still kind of in the, uh, you know, all that behind the scenes dealing, but as soon as I find it, I'll announce it on social media. So if you follow, you'll know where to go. I love that. I love that. Well, good luck to you. I think this is, um, it definitely is just one of the steps that you're taking and I, I can't wait to continue to, um, see what you have in store. And so thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. I really do appreciate it. Shaylin. Well, thank and I'm, I'm so thankful that this organization was kind of what made the stars align and put us in each other's path. I'm super grateful for that. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>